right. Welcome, everyone, to Capital Wasteland, a Mind of Sanity hosted podcast. Um, today, we are going to be deviating a little bit, and we're actually going to do more of a Q&A. So a little bit less depressing, hopefully, but a little bit of extra background information about the podcast as well as about us a little bit. I don't want to answer personal questions. <laughs> um, all right. So first question, what do you hope listeners gain from listening to your show? Um, I think the main thing is just additional knowledge and information. Like if you open up a um, website or read an article or hear about something in the news, I want you to, I guess, understand the um, facts behind it, as well as be able to have conversations about the topic. Um, you know, so it's good to be informed. So I think that that's a big thing, just information and education, which are kind of the same answer. No way. <laughs> you said it. I did. Uh, which episode should someone start with? Um, for this one, I kind of feel number one personally, but um, I think if people want to jump around, it's not really an issue. Um, but if you start at number one, you learn more about us and the basics. The you know what is climate change and it's number blah, two. Blah, blah. Oh, number two. Either way, number one is what sort of maybe Episode hopefully gives us credibility <laughs> like yeah yeah no it's it's pinky in the brain pinky of the brain yeah um but yeah no and then just who we are and then number two is what is climate yeah so if you want to jump to number two you can if you're like ah, oh, whatever this is fine um i suggest number one though if you at least want an idea like why we're talking about what we're talking about and who we are and our credibility and anything like that but if you jumped this far in odds are you've either just <laughs> jumped straight ahead or already uh or found or found it somewhere wherever somewhere I, else yeah where the hell i put this um what is your vision for your show um We've probably got quite a bit that we'll be looking at. Um, I think the vision is mostly just to make an impact. Um, We want to make sure that people understand that this is a man-made problem and it'll need man-made solutions. So we want to reach over all divides, whether they be religious, political, economic, or anything else, and just help foster an understanding of what's happening to our planet. Um, We hope someone will hear us and maybe they'll take a small step in the right direction. Or, you know, maybe they'll go even further and start bugging the representatives and really try to fight climate change hands-on. Sounds like a very idealist way to go. Kind of have to be at least a little bit of an idealist when you're dealing with climate change things. True. Uh, What is your favorite other podcast that isn't yours, Helena? I don't really listen to podcasts, to be honest. So I have been enjoying um, the actual, the main Mind of Sanity one, um, which I know it probably sounds like I'm inserting like an ad or something, but I'm not really involved in that one. So it's been pretty fun. But otherwise, I'm You're literally the voice in... of two separate characters. You are Queen Mab and Tinkerbell. Yeah. Out of eight. Yeah, but it's, it's fun to listen to the other ones. And um, honestly, that's the only other one that I really listen to, to be honest. Otherwise, I'm more of an audiobook and music person. Yeah. Um, I, I li- listen to the Innocence Project, and I get real sad about that. Um, the Innocence Project? Yeah, yeah. It's incredibly sad and hard to listen to. And it's only, like, literally the episodes, like, are 
You would think that they're like three hours long for how bad you feel. No, oh, they're like no. 30 minutes. They were like 30 minutes of just going, hey, you want to hear how innocent people's lives were completely ruined because cops are too lazy to do their goddamn job? Oh, jeez. That's every episode. <laughs> Everyone. Well, I don't know. People are listening to this, so they probably are enjoying at least a little bit of the dark stuff. So We're not talking about how... Cute animals person, are dying and companies are shit. Goes, <laughs> no, we're not talking about people going to prison because they're black. Like, oh, why, why do they do it? I don't know. Okay, do you have a murder weapon? Nah. Okay, why do you think they did it? No real reason. Like they were they were at the crime scene. Were they? Because you have <laughs> they have witnesses that say that they were sixteen hours away. Jeez Louise. Like, what do you mean? What? So if you want to be depressed, check out his favorite podcast. <laughs> yeah, the Innocence Project. I uh, I usually break it up with more funny things or historical things like. Uh, uh, what's called Dan Carlin's uh, Hardcore History. It's really good. Uh, or uh, Two Bears, One Cave, because I love Tom Segura. Uh, but anyway, moving on. Um, how did you come up with the name of your podcast? That's a me question. I was going to say, this one was not me at all. <laughs> uh, not it. It genuinely just comes from uh, a game I really like, uh, Fallout 3, while I was looking for game or looking for names. Uh, that game came up at some point and I was already playing around with the name Wasteland and uh as soon as I saw the the cover to Fallout 3 I immediately thought of three dogs yelling or whatever you want to call it um this is three dogs bringing you the truth no matter how bad it hurts for uh um I forgot the fucking name of his radio but he you know continuously calls Washington D.C. In Fallout 3, Capital Wasteland, after hmm. a nuclear apocalypse. And I was like, you know what? I fucking love it. I double-checked. No one else had the name. All like, it's my name now, bitches. Capital Wasteland it is. <laughs> it's such a good name. I love it. Uh, but I'm not, it was really about three dogs. Three dogs really sold it. Bringing you the truth, no matter how, no matter how about it hurts. Uh-huh. I like it. Um... Can you share a pivotal moment when your perspective on environmental issues shifted? Oh, that's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> Small or long answer? <laughs> Let's go with the long answer, Lena. So uh, I guess a little bit of backstory. I was raised heavily religious Christian. Um, my, I guess, family's perception old. basically boiled down to just recycling and beyond that, it's like, you know, the earth is our oyster. It's here for us to use. Let's go on pretty hikes. Like, it was very surface level stuff. I literally, literally uh, played a game of apples to apples with your dad. And when, uh, I think it was global warming, I don't think it was called climate change per se, mm-hmm. in the game came up as one of the potential cards for him to choose. He put it aside and went, that's not important. Exactly. So that, that kind of explains uh, yeah. how I was raised. Um, and who by? Yeah, and who by. So it was always like this kind of thing that I was sort of aware of, but I literally thought it was mainly just like recycling, to be honest. Like that was basically it. I was like, oh, we'll do that part. The rest of it's whatever, you know. Um, and I actually 
went to university and it just wound up working well for me to get an environmental studies degree. Uh, my original plan had been to go on for a master's in architecture after that and just do green building design. But also due to how I was raised, I didn't really learn much in the sciences, um, like at all. <laughs> so as I was, you know, getting this degree in environmental studies, I was learning all these things. I was like, whoa, this all is important. This all makes sense. Why have I not been, I guess, worried about this before, you know? And I don't know if it was like a specific moment per se that I had so much as a, an accumulation of multiple moments. Um, but I think one of the bigger ones for me was when we were specifically learning about, um, I guess, environmental justice and um, environmental racism and that kind of thing. And um, that's when I realized it was like, you know, more than just certain number of carbon and blah, 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 like all the little basic stuff I learned. I was like, oh, no, this is actually killing people now. Like this is hurting people. And there's no real justifiable reason for this. Like we're seeing so many harmful things that have happened and um, it's just not okay. <laughs> you know, this is true. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like I, I was upset at the rest, but I was ready to get into action. But for me, that was like, no, this is going to be my new life's work. And that's when I, like my perspective totally shifted. Um, and now I'm hoping to eventually get a master's in something more like biology instead. So yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> that leads me to my next question. How do you plan to balance the educational and fun aspects of your podcast? Mostly with you. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'll, I'll do my, my best. Because, like, on my end, I'm mainly trying to make sure that I am informed and... Um, Able to give accurate information. Giving accurate information, yeah. best part about me is I am a stoner. And people do not actually expect accurate information from me. <laughs> and so unless I'm actively trying. Yeah. And I'm not trying. So you just ask questions like hurling trash at the sun. And <laughs> I still am upset that that's not a good idea. Because, like, think about it. It can solve all the problems except for, like, creative few more we don't need but like just saying but in other news we are also planning other episodes that won't be quite as depressing so we're debating doing some episodes where maybe we'll watch a movie live and um, kind of do an analysis of it in terms of like this makes no sense or <laughs> something like that we'll also dig probably to some video games um, basically just other forms of media so I'm sure there's going to be some fun stuff that'll come from that. A lot less depressing. Something just kind of break it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, still not 100% on that because there's a whole um, copyright issue. With yeah, we'll, we'll have to figure it out. It may or may not be. It might just be general discussions, but we'll figure it out. Yes. Uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge our planet is currently facing? That's a loaded question. I think it's a pretty simple question. Yeah, I think honestly, it comes down to corporate greed and overconsumerism. I say propaganda. You know, we're saying the same thing. Yes, but the greed causes the propaganda. Yeah, but I want to point out corporate propaganda can fix a lot of things. Like if we were to, I don't know, get rid of it, we wouldn't <laughs> have a bunch of people talking about a woman who purposely spilled uh, hot coffee because she didn't realize hot coffee was hot. That's not the fucking story. Yeah. That's the story that's become corp like that was pushed by corporate propaganda, specifically yeah. McDonald's. And like, you know what I mean? 
So, like, for me, corporate propaganda is number one. Um, corporate propaganda is literally, you could put it to pretty much everything. Our view of war, our view of sex, our view of everything is essentially pushed by some sort of money-grubbing propaganda. No. Um, and the environment is just one tiny piece. So that's my opinion. Anyway, <laughs> your opinion. So my, my opinion is, like I said, probably just corporate greed. Um, because I think there's a lot of things that would have already changed if, I guess, people were more uh, motivated and a little less greedy towards finding solutions or actually implementing said solutions, which is something we'll talk about a little bit probably in our next episode, which is going to be on greenwashing. So just a sneak preview. Uh, how can individual individuals make a meaningful impact on the environment in their day lives? And I'm guessing you're not going to say what I want to say, which is burn everything down. Jeez Louise. That would be a lot of emissions in and of itself. Like. <laughs> so how about just burn a couple people at the stake? Oh, jeez. What? I can think of a couple names, a couple CEOs. <laughs> I won't say their names out loud because I think then then yeah. I'm inciting violence. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so, um, honestly, what I would probably say is I'm um, gain an education, vote, and learn where you're likely to make the most impact. Um, because you know we're we're realistically not going to see people doing things like actually harming CEOs and stuff. But we do Sadly. need to make sure that we get people who are in positions of power who can at least hold them accountable. Um, so becoming educated when you're voting, um, picking your ballots based off of what you prioritize. Hopefully that includes the environment. Um, and yeah, just, just educating yourself and then finding out how you can do your part. Like sometimes that's something as small as just recycling. But, you know, there are other ways that you can find to, uh, you know, curb your own emissions. But I, I like to always say it like kind of a, a caveat, like it's not going to make the biggest Im impact. Like it's good to do those things. Cause I think as a group in a collective, we can make those major changes. Yeah. But this is where I cannot stress more the importance of um, voting or even running for office locally, because that's where we need to see the larger changes happen is further up the chain. Yeah. Uh, what role does corporate propaganda play and exacerbating the environmental challenges, Elena. I feel like you just need to get this one off your chest. Like, <laughs> Well, well, okay, fine. Um, everything that you know about environmental issues as a layman, someone who did not go to college for it, is in some way, somehow formed by corporate propaganda. Mm -hmm. Even if you are on the side of the environment is fucking burning, we need to save it. There are still going to be pieces that are from corporate propaganda. Perfect example is the one you like to complain about is tree huggers. Uh, another example is the words global warming is just corporate propaganda. It's literally essentially just trying to push these words global warming to make it look like it's not that bad um, when it's global warming is just a teeny tiny piece of climate change in general. Um, but the reason it was called global warming for so long was 
very partially because of Trumpet propaganda. Yeah. And we can keep going down this list. We're probably going to do a full episode on this tomorrow. Um, and it'll be released probably here in the next week or two. Yeah. But um, I think one really good example is British Petroleum, who was basically the ones who kind of coined the the term um, carbon footprint. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Yeah, and they made like this whole fancy calculator came out early two thousands, you know. And I would like to see what their calculator says about that. <laughs> exactly. That that's the idea is it literally takes the I guess the harm and the damage and the carbon emissions and it's like this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you have this is what yeah. you need to fix, this is how you can cut yours. While completely kind of glossing over the fact that they are one of the biggest emitters. Yeah. Um so, like, there's so many ways it's affected, and um... yeah. So, uh, one of my one of my favorite people in the world is John Stewart. I adore John Stewart. Everyone who knows me knows this. Um, and his show uh, that's on Apple TV, I very much enjoy it. Um, he interviews the CEO of Shell. I think it's Shell, right? And very uncharacteristically of John Stewart. He allows that man to sit there and lie and lie and lie and lie. I think the only time he calls him out is when the guy says that he doesn't uh, agree with some company or whatnot, uh, some group. Uh, they're a group of oil companies. I can't remember the exact name. But, you know, we at Shell don't always agree with them. And John Stewart literally points out, aren't you on their board? Yeah. <laughs> and that's like a great moment, but like there are points to that where that man is blatantly lying, where he's like, oh, well, the reason we didn't care about the environment is because no one did. Because you were actively lying to them yeah. 30 years ago. He very in the much 90s. skirted the issue. <laughs> um, in fact, like everything with, what's it called? Is I've, I've heard this recently come up a lot, which is, oh, before it was the ozone layer. Now it's. Now it's this. What's next? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's obviously all just bullshit. It's like, no, the ozone layer wasn't bullshit. We just fucking found a solution, implemented that solution, and everything got better. Yeah. Um, the thing is, we could do the same with climate change right now. But certain people, like the motherfuckers complaining about the goddamn ozone, uh, or wanting you to complain about the ozone... And like why that was a thing are the same people actively not helping. Yeah. They're making this worse. And like I was gonna say for for one other, I guess, example would be the Koch brothers. Oh god. Like they literally hired a bunch of scientists to prove that climate change does not exist. And, and they came back and said, No, it definitely exists. And it's definitely man made. <laughs> yeah. And like they weren't hundred percent on board. Like I was rereading it and they were like, Hey, you know, um, we're not sure if these measures they're mentioning would actually help or anything like that. But basically, they specifically say, but no, climate change is man-made. Yeah. Um, this is not a fluctuation, and we are making it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, it, it's just like capitalism on a good day. Um, <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> it is an understatement. <laughs> But when it comes to corporations, I genuinely don't see what good they actually do. Most of what they do is propaganda and manipulation. Um, their ads try to manipulate you or they try to make you think things aren't what they're not. 
perfect example, as I mentioned, is McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, and that woman that everyone knows, she's a household name about the woman who or at least a household coffee. character, yeah. Yeah, the woman who spilled coffee all over herself and didn't know coffee was hot. And she then knew? she sued McDonald's, yeah. like, come on. Yeah, and the funny thing is, she sued for all she wanted was the money to pay her medical bills. It was yeah. the judge who heard everything that McDonald's had done, was doing, and was actively trying to fight. And the judge was like, huh, no, she's getting a shit ton of money because you are fucking assholes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I could talk all day about corporate propaganda. Well, like I said, save it for the next episode. <laughs> Yeah, I will we'll go into it at least a little bit. Probably not entirely. It's going to be mostly focused on greenwashing, but that does tie a little bit into propaganda. I feel so. like the episode after that would definitely be oh, ethics yeah. and corporate propaganda. <laughs> um, and I will see if I can get all the stories for it. I think we've dug into this topic enough. <laughs> What's the next question? Hold on, I'm pulling it back up. My phone died while I was ranting. Oh, jeez. Well, that didn't die, but it, it went off. Uh, let's see. Oh, how can individuals navigate through the overwhelming amount of environmental information out there? Um, the big thing is going to be find reputable sources. Which I feel like we're also going to go over in the next one, greenwashing. <laughs> yeah, so I would definitely, if you're able to, aim for kind of more academic sources. If you could use them in high school, writing a paper, I think you should be fine to use them. But there's a lot of... Even just news outlets. I just which... want to let you know that not anyone in this room, because everyone in this room was so good in high school, so amazing. But some of us, not saying me, didn't use sources in high school <laughs> because we didn't do the papers in high school. <laughs> not me, though. I did all, never my, you, pa- never I did all my papers. I had all the sources. I, I did everything right in high school, and there was no reason for me quitting when I was six, none, <laughs> none. So if you had though, <laughs> make sure it's one of those, like a source that you could actually use for something like that. So, um, you know, I wouldn't stick to just Wikipedia. I'd go beyond. I wouldn't I want go to point for out, a lot Wikipedia of these. Wikipedia is actually really great. It, I think it's good. Because you can go directly to their sources. Exactly. That's why I'm saying don't stick to it. Like if you want to look at it to get some basic information, I think that's going to be fine. But I wouldn't stick to just that. I would do a little bit of extra digging for sure. I just want um, to say it out loud that this recording is going to have Kira eating her phone. Yeah. Kira is being very loud. <laughs> just throwing it out. <laughs> But, um, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, just, just stick to academic sources and, um, don't, don't necessarily trust the, the news outlets, but they often can lead you in the right direction for peer reviewed articles. Can you shed light on the potential of renewable energy sources to combat climate change? Yeah, I don't know if it'll necessarily be like a full like thing used to combat climate change so much as probably to help um slow it the fuck down. Yeah, slow it down and at least remove emissions from that sector. Um I think it's definitely like one of the big things that we should be pushing for cuz you know not as a, like the economically favorable thing to do. I do want to let you know. The one thing I'm against is windows. Because Don Quixote did not like them, <laughs> you know. 
He said that they were evil cyclopses. So uh-huh. throwing it out there. Uh-huh. He was a knight <laughs> who I'm pretty sure his brain rotted or some shit. I don't remember entirely what happened, but it was, it was really dumb. <laughs> It's such a good book. <laughs> no, windmills actually are pretty good options as long as your brain's not rotting. So, <laughs> or just listen to Sanchez or Sancho, Sanchez, Sancho, whatever his name is. His little sidekick who told him, "That's a windmill, sir. <laughs> if you have one of those, we're maybe, good. We're good. If you don't, maybe get one. Everyone needs a uh, sidekick. Anyway, windmills so, are bad." Windmills are good. <laughs> you know, solar, nuclear, all good. Um, hydro is a little bit of a gray zone. It's honestly not necessarily the best option, especially if a dam is involved. But if it's already in place and it's not um, a case where removing it would dramatically increase the amount of biodiversity or anything like that, you may as well keep it because it's always a greener question, source. Because it's a question I get a lot. Um you say nuclear is good. Yes. But nuclear often has issues with pollution in the sense that when shit goes bad, shit go real <laughs> bad. Real fast. Yeah. That is very true. Um, but those are all down to human error. And a lot of the times those do end up getting addressed and corrected. So nuclear constantly is improving. Um, and honestly, it is probably one of the best sources that we would have available um, in terms of like a cleaner, more renewable energy. I always tell people because they like, you were like, how, how is it so good? Like, how is it so powerful? I always try to make them think, think of the atomic bomb. And they're like, yeah, that entirely like, so back when it happened, um, technology isn't what it was today. So for Japan, Hiroshima just went dark. Yeah. Um, they saw something in the distance, but like, it just it's just gone, and an entire city just gone in a second. Um, that power that caused it was nuclear power. Imagine that instead of as destruction, but like taking all of that energy, yeah, and powering a city with it instead. That is essentially what nuclear is. Yeah. Um, in a very crude way to put it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I feel like as long as you know they take all the proper precautions and all that stuff, it should be fine. And we, you know, don't hire morons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. In what ways can listeners advocate for stronger environmental policies? Call your representatives. Yeah, exactly. Bug the shit out of their offices. Yeah. Send letters, call them, go in person if you have to, and just sit there in their waiting room for hours and hours <laughs> and annoy the piss out of them until they're like, okay, I'll listen to you if you just go away. <laughs> and like, you know, people think it's a joke. It's not a joke. This is literally how Gandhi did it to the uh, British. Like, sitting in front of their tanks for hours just annoyed them until they left. That is another really crude way to <laughs> summarize a very complicated situation. But essentially, that's what you need to do. Just piss off your representatives until they listen. Pretty much. And like similarly to, like, there are often a lot of positions in like local governments 
where you can go to a lot of like the city meetings, you can run yourself for like smaller positions, because often that could be what might have something like a new recycling program start up in your town, or they might be the ones who are approving a specific, um, like maybe a compost company or something like that, like something that could be a benefit. Um, a lot of those are likely to happen in those meetings, or at the very least, you'll be able to find other ways to contribute to your community. So that's another thing you can probably do on like a kind of more local scale. But otherwise, you kind of have to pester the uh, yep. pester the big guys. Um. <laughs> uh... How do you envision the future if positive changes are made in the fight against climate change? Honestly, I think it's going to be really cool. Um, I think there'll be less corporations. I think there's going to be less corporations, yeah. Or at the very least, they'll be held accountable a lot more. Not so. Hear me out. I think there will genuinely be less. Okay. Um, And the reason I say this is because some of them can't survive. It's just they're making money off this one way to do things and Mm -hmm. if policies go in place where you can't do those things anymore which is essentially what's happening to some of these companies there's going to be less of them but it's also in general you will have the startup of other companies yeah like you do right now but like these companies like there'll be tons of them which will be better for the economy better for the people because there'll be more jobs more more money coming into everyday people and less to corporations but with all these little companies, they all have to work together. Like, okay, we'll use these plastic bags, right? That are recycled this way by this company. It mm-hmm. doesn't. And like, now you have two companies who are, one is relying off the other. The other is selling products that will eventually get recycled to go there. You know what I mean? Like, then that's just like, you know what I mean? Two. Yeah. But it will do that with food. You'll do that with so many other things, food, business, uh, manufacturing yeah everything will have to do it this way and it'll be broken down more separately that way yeah and Uh, the nice thing too is like you can't solve climate change without addressing a lot of other issues as well if that was possible jeff bezos would have already done it (laughs) literally he just was like here's a billion dollars go fix climate change and they're like ah a billion dollars won't fix it if we don't stop yeah but, but it'll help um, socially because like, there's a lot of racism that goes on within the environmental. Um, what? Racism affects everything? I everything. Mean, <laughs> um, down to, you know, infant mortalities will decrease. We'll get less, um, less pandemics and uh, terrible crap going on. Like we'll have less extreme weather events. Um, people will just as a whole do better and i i know that sounds idealistic but it is the reality you know we are very strongly messing with nature's balance and by kind of restoring that things will settle down the thing that i love the most about that idea of nature's balance is there's um i think this let's call it fun um way of negating what climate change is mm-hmm. which is basically saying that oh you know just because we ruined it you know it will fix itself it's in fact it's actually a very famous george carlin joke who you know i adore yeah but uh, the funny thing was that or the funny thing to me about it was you're right you're absolutely right we do not have to do anything the planet will figure it out 
But if you want to be on the planet, when the planet does figure that out, I suggest we figure it out first. Because it's not going to end well for us when the planet does it and tries to fix it itself. It's going to get far worse as it corrects. Yeah. And then far better. But we won't make it to the better. So, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. The planet will take care of itself. But I would like to see right. like the planet be better and not die. And yeah. have everyone I know die. Or and, everyone I know have to live through what the fuck's to come. Well, not just that, but also, you know, we we as US citizens kind of weirdly benefit from being in one of the more rich countries. There is a very strong, um, I guess, dynamic that's involved in terms of um, who's going to experience the worst of climate change. Let me guess. Europe and white people in general just are probably affected, <laughs> right? Basically, the more money you have, like, realistically, the more likely you are to be able to kind of withstand it because, you know, you can afford to do some of the more expensive processes for it. It's primarily, you know poor and marginalized communities who are going to suffer the worst from climate change. But we do see that even within the states. So um, it's kind of a frustrating thing where, you know, the, the rich, they don't have a real reason right now except for public pushback to make changes because they, they will be fine. <laughs> Again, um, I know I say this a lot, but a little bit of barbecue sauce and some cheese and we can take care of it real quick. All we have to do is get an appetite. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Eat the rich. If you don't see it at this point, there's no helping it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? If you don't see it after greenwashing and corporate propaganda, specifically environmental stuff, then there's no helping you whatsoever. No, it's bad. It's terrible. Yeah. Never. And the rich are the ones doing most of the pollution. Like, there's a, like, a distinct correlation between... Like your economic status and your pollution. Yeah, levels. there's a there's a new show on Netflix. I think it's Netflix. Don't quote me that it's Netflix. New show on Netflix or somewhere, one of the many streaming services I pay for. Um and it's this I think he's a boxer of some sort, and he's literally talking apparently he's he has bipolar uh disorder and I get it, but he's basically talking about buying another jet. Like, he already has a private jet, and he wants to buy another one. And I'm just sitting there like, this is, like, and just listening to this man talk is just honestly how rich people think, and it's kind of awful. Like, another jet. Why? You don't really need the first one. Yeah. Like, you. the only reason you got a first one is you have enough money to do it and you're too much of an arrogant ass to just get on a goddamn plane like everyone else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What the fuck? Um, but yeah, no, it's eat the rich. Yeah. No. I should get that tattooed on my knuckles. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I could see you doing it too. Yeah. It would fit. I think it would. If you include your thumbs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Why am I not done this yet? <laughs> eat the rich oh yeah so note to self tattoo eat the rich on my knuckles or have someone else do it I shouldn't say probably someone else well I could definitely do my left hand I don't I don't think I could tattoo my right 
Also, do you have any questions or anything, Elena? Me? Uh, anything to do with the podcast besides, you know, environmental stuff? Since I asked all my questions. Um, you can ask me questions about the podcast if you like. If you don't have any, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> um, let's see. I can't remember if we covered it in the first topic, but, like, what made you interested in having this, I guess, podcast with me? Um, well... To be honest, I uh, I made Mind of Sanity, and that one was really fun, and it is fun. Uh, I'm currently writing scripts for season two. Um, I'm hoping to make season two a little bit longer. Not gonna, yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's a time-consuming podcast. It is a very time-consuming podcast. It's one of the reasons I stopped season one was so I could just write some scripts, record a bunch of shit, and just you know, I can then post them all. And for those who haven't checked it out, Mind of Sanity is a podcast where he interviews, I guess, historical and mythological and mm-hmm. fictional people. Fictional people. Uh, we have like Queen yeah. Ab, Dracula, Death, Tinkerbell, uh, all sorts of fun people. Um, coming up, we have a couple characters from Greek myth. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do Satan and Baphomet and Bonnie. Uh, and I may or may not have hinted of one that I was not planning to do, but then I hinted at it like I was going to do it. Now I have to do it. Yeah, you kind of have to do it now. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the girlfriend would be very upset if I actually didn't do it. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so I was doing those and it was really fun. Uh, and I realized that I actually just really like making podcasts. It's just really fun. Yeah. Um, and so... I decided, you know, you had something to say and you were complaining that you didn't really able to use your degree as much as you would like. Yeah. And I was like, you know, we could do a podcast. I'll do most of the work. I will edit the... I just have to sit here and talk. Yeah, you just have to sit here and talk. I will try my best to ask you decent questions and bring some sort of entertainment, like shooting something into the sun. Um <laughs> Stuff like that, uh, and I'll, I'll handle as much as I can without you, and I might need some help with certain things, but as long as you help me with those things when they come up, no. we should be fine. Um, but yeah, you basically get your own podcast, you can talk about whatever you want, um, and you were like, no, <laughs> absolutely not, and then I was like, okay, how about this, how about we just go in a room, and we sit down, and we talk about, like, we talk, just talk about it, see how it works, and... Yeah, that was kind of how I got you to do... It was kind of fun. Yeah, the first episode of... Uh, Reluctantly. <laughs> Reluctantly, of, uh, which is now happily entitled Pinky in the Brain. And you don't even talk about environmental stuff at all. Uh, but I think after we recorded that, we went directly into recording episode one. Yeah. Uh, which is What is Climate Change? And that one you really like doing. So yeah. It's a nice outlet. It is a nice outlet. And I have realized recently that we all need outlets for different things. Um, So I get to outlet all my depressing information stored in my brain. (laughs) Uh, And I get to uh, make podcasts, which I find fun, uh, particularly because I literally started a production company essentially to do this. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's it. Really. Do you have any other goals for the podcast beyond what I expressed? Um... I don't know. Um, I feel like... Since you're learning as well. Yeah, I'm learning as I go. But if I could figure out how to do this without me being recorded all the time, I think it would be a lot easier. 
if, um, for example, like if I got you another co-host or every week got you someone else to talk to, whatever it was. Just answer questions just all day long. Just ask questions <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. You know, when they have questions, just kind of banter back and forth with you while you talk about climate change. Um, and just have one of you know how to just how to record and make sure the recording is decent and then send it to me and then I will edit all of it and do all of it. Blah, blah, blah. Make it all purdy. Make it all purdy. Let's call it that. <laughs> uh, publish, do all that stuff, do all the stuff I, I do already. Um, but then I can focus on other projects and other things that would be ideal. So that's your personal goal. That is my personal goal. But at the same time, it is a goal for the podcast to get to a point where I don't have to do a lot where, you know, it's not you get more characters. <laughs> yeah. It's not actively me always making sure everything gets done. Basically I'll just be sent a link. I will edit the audio and then I will, you know, paste it. And also it, it helps me because I don't have to listen to everything twice. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I enjoy doing this and everything. It's just like, but then I have to listen to it and like edit it and make sure yeah. but then when it's all edited, I have to listen to it a third time to make sure everything's good. And why do I skip that last step a lot? Um, <laughs> Cause it, it's just a lot. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's basically, you can call it a personal goal, but it's my goal for the podcast is basically to make this its own thing where I have to do very little to do with it. Um, long goal even for beyond that is for, then I don't have to do anything with it. There's someone else editing, there's someone else doing all that stuff and I could work on other projects. Yeah. Put all my time into that and then just kind of do it that way. Yeah. Cause you're usually in the middle of at least like two, like I know you just wrapped up season one of yeah, mind uh, of sanity and now you're starting a new season for a podcast called chop. Yeah. For change the patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, I don't entirely know where the, that one will lead. Um, still kind of in the testing phase. That's why it hasn't been out yet. I think there's just a trailer. Um, if that, uh, and plus that trailer is probably going to move because the podcast host is moving. Uh, just another entire thing. That's what I was doing mm -hmm. this morning, actually. Um, but yeah, so there's always something in the movements, and I, I like it. Um, that one will probably stay with me, though, so that's one of those that kind of has to be me. Yeah. Uh, the mind of sanity itself doesn't really need to be me. I just enjoy doing it. Um, it's your creative outlet. It is. It is very much my creative outlet. I get to just talk about all the things I love and be a nerd. Um, and getting people to join in uh, has been actually way more fun than I thought it would be is nice. like, because I think, I think there's two kinds of people. Uh, there's the ones who are super nervous and the ones that are super excited, uh, and not saying the people who are excited. Yes. You, <laughs> uh, this, not saying the people who are super excited to play a voice aren't nervous. They are, they very much are, but like they are the excitement definitely comes out. I think uh, Jane Austen and King Arthur are perfect examples. Yeah. Of Very excited to do it, even if they're nervous. And it came out great because they want to be those characters yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, that's it. That's my, my goal is to essentially get this to a point where people want to be on it and talk to you and just co-host with you. Uh, I would probably stick to everyday people for co-hosting. Uh, I definitely also want to bring other experts on, like people who are actively doing, you know, into environmental law or into, you know, 
biologists and the nitty gritties, you know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. I think it'd be really great. Yeah. Uh, but I think co-hosts should definitely say people like me who just have no idea what they're talking about. And just they they would know what to ask. Cause I exactly. would, I would know based on my like education level, but this point is how this all be kind of accessible for anyone's background knowledge. So yeah. That That's why sense. I like to remind you of acronyms. Yeah, I'm really bad at that. <laughs> uh, you, I honestly, if we're being honest, I probably do it too much. I just genuinely hate yeah. acronyms, so it's easier for me to just be like, "Hey, you're saying acronyms too much." Remind people what the hell that means. Yeah. Um. Uh, any other questions? Um. Not really. Yeah. I think that sums up this Q and A pretty well. And as always, if you guys do have anything that you would like to have answered, feel there free to be add a it below. Question somewhere. Uh, actually, I will have to figure that out when the Capital Wasteland moves. How to, where to put that question? Um, uh, that's a you thing. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure it out. The point is, we'll have somewhere where you can ask us other questions. If there's anything specific you'd like to learn about, please feel free to reach out to us. Or even if you want to be on the show, let us know. We'd, we would love there's to work something out. Yeah. There's actually a, a Google form that specifically asks which what you would like to do. Uh, be a writer for the blog. Uh, be on the Mind of Sanity as a character, or be on uh, Capital Wasteland, or even on Chop, even though Chop is not actually actually published yeah. yet. So, but anyway, yeah, so there is an option for that. Very uh, cool. That's in our link tree, which is check it out. Most of our website, uh, our descriptions. Like, hope. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I think we'll call it a wrap. Well, not yet. There's only one person who gets to sign us off. Oh. Yeah. Fen Fen, sign us off. Good boy.